Jean-Michel Hansen said this, Advent is the gentle nudge that invites me to remember that the truth most worth knowing is that Jesus Christ is the only way home. It is also a gentle reminder that I ought to keep my eyes upon Him all year long. What Advent invites us to celebrate is what we're praying about today. Welcome, I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. We are in episode 175 today, and we are praying about just what exactly we are celebrating during this Christmas season. But before we do that, we are going to open up with a bit of worship. And we have a longer passage today. It is a couple different verses. Isaiah 45, verses 5 through 7. It says, I am the Lord, and there is no other. There is no God but me. I will strengthen you, though you do not know me, so that all may know from the rising of the sun to its setting that there is no one but me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make success and create disaster. I am the Lord who does all of these things. Now, this was God talking to a specific person, but there are some things that we can pull out of this passage for worship this morning, and that's what we're going to do. All right, let's get to it. Father, we sit with you today, we come before you, and we acknowledge that you are the Lord and there is no other. If there are other things in our lives that we are treating as Lord, that we, if there are things in our lives that we are worshiping, then I pray that you would bring repentance to us and that we would turn away from those things and turn back with hearts fully devoted to you. You are the Lord and there is no other. There is no God but you. And when we need strength, we can come to you from the rising of the sun to its setting all throughout our day, throughout the night. As that rhythm repeats itself, there is never a day when you will not be in charge, when you will not be Lord, when we can't come to you for strength and for the things that we need. You form light and you create darkness. You are Lord of it all. You are the one who makes success happen, who can create disaster, you are the Lord. And I acknowledge you as that today. In my life, you're in charge. That's not always easy to follow through on in my own thoughts, and my behavior, in my heart. So I ask that you would make it true in my own heart that you are always Lord. I just honor you and worship you for being that today, the one who creates the light and the darkness, the one who is responsible and in charge of the things going on in our world. Not sure that came out the way I meant it. I started having second thoughts as that started spilling out of my mouth. But Father, you know, you know what was in my heart. I mean that you are in charge. You're in charge of the world around me and you're in charge of me. And I worship you for that this morning. Ask that as we go forward today in this time that you would not only be pleased and enjoy this space that we've created that I know I will. I'm honored to be here, honored to be able to have this conversation with you, that you will guide and direct my words and my thoughts, that it would be um, glorifying to you, that nothing is said or done in this space that is not. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, 
I introduced our December topic by talking about the why, why we're celebrating. And I realized this morning that I had started to do this journalism thing that I was taught when I was a freshman in college in journalism school. And the five W's and the H is one thing that we learn. It's the who, what, why, when, where, and how of every story that we're reporting. And so I realized I I did the why on Wednesday. And now today we're thinking about the what, What exactly are we celebrating during this Christmas season? In Western churches that follow a liturgical calendar, Advent begins the liturgical year. It's a season of preparation, and that's where our theme came from this year for for December. Even in churches that don't follow a liturgical practice, there are often elements of Advent observed. Maybe in your church or your home, you've lit candles on an Advent wreath, or you've read a daily Advent devotional, or you've listened to an Advent sermon series. These are all modern Advent practices that are common even in non-liturgical churches. When we look back at the celebration of Advent and how it came to be, we can't actually date the first celebrations, but there are mentions of it by the fourth century, and practices became common after the date of Christmas had been set and fixed and chosen as this is when we as the church will celebrate, this is what the celebration is at Christmas. And, and so then it, the Advent backed off of that four to six weeks, depending on what, um, not practice isn't the word I want, what, um, I don't know, group you were a part of, that's not the word I wanted, but that'll do. Ryan Reeves says this, Unlike modern Advent ceremonies, most celebrations of Advent in history had a twin focus. The Latin word Adventus was the translation of the Greek parousia, a word used for both the coming of Christ in human flesh and his second coming. Advent then, always in the past, tended to focus on both. For the first two weeks of Advent, the church would reflect on the second coming. Disciples would chasten their hearts, confess their sins, and spend time hoping for the quick coming of the Lord. The last two weeks of Advent would then transition to focus on the first parousia, Christ in the manger. At least in the areas that I have lived, in the churches that I have been a part of, when someone is asked or when children are taught about the meaning of Christmas, they would say with our soundbite, focus society vaguely, Jesus is the reason for the season, or more specifically, that we are celebrating Jesus's birthday, right? Rarely, if ever, do I hear the second coming of Christ mentioned. But Advent as a season of preparation, of waiting, is perfectly positioned to remind us of this in-between place that we are in history, between the first and second comings of Christ. So as you think about how you prepare this season, I want us also to think about what we're preparing for. And today we're going to pray through the idea of both comings, of what Emmanuel or God with us means for us in the context of Jesus's first appearance, of our place in the in-between, and his second triumphant arrival. So that's where we find ourselves today. And I am going to, let's see, there are one, two, three, four, I think six or seven, maybe even, wow, I might have gone crazy and done eight passages. I'm going to read them to you in groups. So I'll read one or two and then pray through that. Read the next one or two and pray through those. All right, you ready? Let's get started. When I mentioned that the churches start with the second coming and go to the first coming of him in the manger. I'm going to actually do this backwards. I'm going to start with the more familiar verses that we have about the idea of of Christ being born into this world in human flesh. And that's where we'll start. And then we'll 
talk about the second coming and how we respond in this waiting in between time. So that's where we're headed. Let's go. This is Matthew 1, 21 through 23, and it says, See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. John 1.14 says, The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Let's pray. Father, this Emmanuel, God with us, the fact that you were born into this world as a human, both fully God and fully human, is this mystery that just is still astonishes me, awes me, that this could be possible, that you as God would walk with us in a physical form here on earth with your people, that you allowed that to happen and that you allowed the things that we did to you to happen is astonishing. I thank you for the hope that this season brings, that you brought light into the darkness of this world in a physical way. I pray for the preparations that we're going to each be doing in our own hearts as we think about this, as we, as we step towards this celebration, celebratory day of you being born into the world. The fact that you chose to come as an infant, as a helpless child, in a humble circumstances, in a, in a place where there was no room for you. Pray that our hearts this season that we would make room for you. Pray that you would give us fresh understandings of the stories that we will hear, maybe for the thousandth time this season, but that you would speak to us in a new way of the message that each one of us needs to hear in this season. And as we think about preparing for your birth, for the day that we celebrate your birth, pray that you would work in us what you need to for us to do that in the way that you want. That we turn this season over to you to prepare our hearts for that. Hebrews 9.28 said, So also Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. John 14.3 says, If I go away and prepare a place for you, this was Jesus talking, he had said he was going away to prepare a place for us, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. Let's pray through those. Jesus, you came into this world in that Christmas celebration, in this, in this birth as a baby, in order to bear our sins, the sins of many. And you will return, you tell us, after you have prepared a place for us, you will come back to take us to that place. You come back to bring salvation to those who are waiting for you. We're in this period of waiting. We've, we recognize your coming and we celebrate your birth. And in the Easter and Lent season, we honor and, um, and, and think about your death and resurrection. But in this season of in-between, this, this waiting for the thing to happen, whether that is waiting for the holiday to come or whether that is waiting for your second coming, I pray that you would speak to us in the waiting. That those of us who are weary or distracted or busy, I pray that you would recapture our hearts with the wonder both of your birth and of your return. 
I pray that you would teach us how to look forward to that. What does that look like in our practices? What does that look like in our behavior? What does it look like in our heart? What does it look like in our thoughts? How are we to be waiting and hoping and longing for that day when you will come so that we can be where you are also? Last passage is Titus 2, 11 through 14, and it says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lusts, and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people for his own possession, eager to do good works. So this is the passage where we're looking at us in this in the middle time. Let's pray. Jesus, you are the grace of God bringing salvation to us. The fact that you came, that you lived and died and rose again brings salvation to your people. And we are so grateful for that this morning. We honor you for that sacrifice on our behalf that you made. And you instruct us to deny godlessness, to deny our worldly lusts, and instead to live a sensible and righteous and godly way in the midst of the world that we live in, in this present age. This is spoken to every Christian since that time. In the midst of our present age, teach me how to live sensibly, righteously, and in a godly way. Help me understand what that means in a very practical way, what it looks like on how I spend my time, my attention, my money, my effort. Teach me what that means in a super practical sense. And help me understand the waiting, the waiting for this blessed hope that we have that Christmas gives us, this hope of your return. Jesus, you gave yourself to redeem us from lawlessness and to cleanse us. And for that, we are grateful and we ask for you to continue the work of growing us into the people that you want us to be. Those people for your own possession make us eager to do the good works that you have in mind for each one of us. Turn us into the people that you long for us to be. Grow us into that person because that's who we want to be also. In this season of preparation, as we think about this, I ask for you to prepare our hearts for whatever you need to grow us into. I ask for you to prepare us for the holiday that we are approaching, and I ask you to prepare us for your second coming. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. I so appreciate you being here. If you are live or on replay on the Facebook page, I invite you to come back. We'll be back on Wednesday. Watch for a special time. I think it's going to have to be early on Wednesday, maybe eight o'clock central time. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to. <laughs> I'm going to have to rejigger some things on Wednesday. So watch for an announcement for the time. If you are a podcast listener, thank you for joining us in that format. And if you would share it with a friend, it will help more people learn about the ability to pray with us and join their voice with us. Praying scripture is brought to you by Grace in the Gravel Road. And my heart is that we do this, that we will grow in our prayer lives, that we will deepen the relationship that we have with Jesus, and that he will answer these prayers in mighty ways. But most of all, my heart really wants you to fall in love with the God who gave us these words. Amen. Amen.